This is a life-changing message by the Reverend Sam Crunchy Ankara. Luke chapter 1 verse number 30, 31, 32, and 33. Jesus Christ forever. Then the angel said to her, this is the encounter between the angel of God and the visitation to Mary, the mother of Jesus. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. So God doesn't come to you until you have found favor with him. God is going to come to somebody. No, uh, the response uh, was very weak. God is coming to you, you've chased miracles for long now miracles will start chasing you am I talking to WMG service here clap your hands and say I receive it receive divine favor and divine mercy and divine grace when you are walking on the street may people you don't know stop you and bless you your hands and jump and shout I receive it on your wedding day may everything from shoe to earrings be a gift who is this person that I am talking to clap your hands and say I receive favor may the Lord lift you above your enemies those who threaten you with phone calls that they will kill you May they and their grandchildren die. And may we live to celebrate the good. Clap your hands and say, I am covered under the power of them. The the, the, the said he will kill our member. Today he came here to sing. He's still alive. In fact, he will sing on 31st. He will sing week of the altar. In fact, he will marry. In fact, we shall adore his children. In fact, I will dedicate his seven-bedroom house. Oh, you... (laughs) Clap your hands and say, when God is on my side, I don't care who. You are highly favored. Do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. Verse number 31. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Don't bother about that prophecy. You will not be pregnant with a baby child, even though if you want that one, I give it to you right now. But as for you, you will give birth to a miracle. The miracle you give birth to shall be called Jesus. The meaning of Jesus is one who carries salvation. You are carrying a miracle in your womb. You don't know. You give birth to money. You give birth to ministry. You give birth to church. You give birth to, oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. Can you scream and say, I receive this miracle? My mother didn't give birth to Jesus Christ of Nazareth, but gave to a replica of Jesus. I became her savior. Verse number 32. He will be great 
and he will be called the son of the highest. Anything that carries greatness comes from above. That's why I know that you will be great. And when I see people who disrespect you and disown you, I laugh at them because they simply don't know where you are coming from. But anything that is born of God overcomes the world. And because you are born of God and your spirit is born of God, I prophesy to you that greatness will not hide anymore. That greatness will not hide anymore. That greatness will not hide anymore. Those A pluses which are hiding and giving way to C, I cancel C plus and I give you the A that may the greatness in you come out oh can you clap your hands and say I receive it and the Lord will give him the throne of his father David and I'm interested in the word David over there and then verse 33 there is another name coming which we shall be doing business with today and he will reign over the house of Jacob there is another name there forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end number one anytime you talk about Christmas which is the birth of Christ God has in mind three things God has in mind three things number one Christmas and the birth of Jesus Christ is an effort or an attempt of God to fulfill unfulfilled promises in your life or in one's life. Christmas is a reminder or it is a move of God to fulfill unfulfilled promises and prophecies. Unfulfilled promises and prophecies. Unfulfilled promises and prophecies. Unfulfilled promises and prophecies. If you have an unfulfilled promise, an unfulfilled desire, I want you to know that this Christmas is yours. If your boyfriend has bounced you, stop crying. There will be restoration this Christmas. So, unfulfilled promises. Number two. Number two. Christmas and the birth of Christ is an attempt by God to also finish every unfinished assignment in your life. To complete or to finish every unfinished assignment. That is the purpose of Christmas. Believe me. Any assignment which is, un- which is not finished. God finishes it in the season of the spirit. So if you are here and there is something God must do for you that he hasn't done, this is your season. That the first night is your season. Week of the altar is your season. 2017 is your season. The amen was very weak. Christmas And the birth of Jesus Christ is also a statement and a reminder that God is closing the covenant gap between you and him in your relationship. The gap that exists, God is breaching the gap. God is closing the gap so that you can have a united or a union fellowship with God and know God and serve God and So let this revelation rest because we shall be coming back to this revelation. Here is the next revelation I wanted to catch. 
This Jesus that we are talking about lived in three phases. The first one is called the pre-existence. And then the second one, the existence. And the third one, the after-existence or after he died. In all of these three phases, his power never diminished. His authority never diminished. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today and forever. He pre-existed. Then he existed. Then after he's dead and gone, he's still alive. I have never seen any man who has lived in these three phases of life before. Never. Show me anyone. And one of the texts in the scriptures that I love because it ministers to me is the one that Jesus Christ was traveling with uh, his disciples uh, to the other side. And then the waves began to toss into the boat and their, their boat began to sink with water. And Peter, James, and John were using all their fishermen's experiences to scoop up the water and to get the water out of the boat and the, without success. Then they remembered that Jesus Christ was hiding somewhere in the corner sleeping. And then they went and said, Master, don't you care that we perish? Don't you care? And then Jesus rose up and said, peace be still. Immediately the storms became still and quiet. Then he looked in their faces and said, where is your faith? And then I love the response, the reaction of the disciples. They looked at their faces and King James reports to us. And they said, what manner of man is this? It's not very weighty. And so I love the NIV, the GNT, and then the the Message Bible, and then uh, the NIV, the, the Message Bible, the NLT, the New Living Translation. They says, who is this man? That the seas and the waves obey. Who is this man? But the other one is even provocative. Uh, the one from ESV. English Standard Version. And then um, uh, NET, New International Translation. And then the, the, those versions, they say, Who then is this? And then the Message Bible has a beautiful one. He said, Who is this? That the sea and the waves are, are at his back and call. He flips his fingers. And they obey him. Who is this? Who then is this? Now, you ask this question, who then is this? When you have tried to figure out something with your mind, and you've tried to understand it, and you are not getting the understanding and the revelation, then you say, what is this? Where is this coming from? That that was the disciples. They saw Jesus in his existence. At that time, they didn't even know the pre-existence of Jesus. They didn't know. They didn't know that after his death, and he's gone, he will still be alive. They were just looking at an ordinary man who was so powerful, had power over the waves, power over the sea, power over everything. He walks over the seas. This man, Jesus Christ, he touches the blind, they are healed. He touches the lepers, they are cleansed. Who then is this? Who then is this man? Now, let me answer them. You, you cannot know and catch revelation of Jesus Christ with your mind. Not your flesh. To know Jesus, he must reveal himself. You've got to see what others do not see. At the crucifixion, the soldier who supervised the crucifixion stood there and watched and watched and watched and watched. And then finally, he said, this man is the son of God. This is the son of God. I have one son, Pastor Papa. And when he finished high school, we checked him into college. 
in Canada. Then he will be asking his mother, uh, uh, Mommy, so must everybody be poor to experience the power of God? The mother said, No. You can experience the power of God in any dimensions. You don't need to be poor before. So, then he asked, must you be a bad boy and be an, a, a, an ardent fornicator and a, a, a drug addict, a, a, a bad boy before you become born again? Before you experience the power of God? No. No, because in church, usually the testimonies that we hear are from bad to good. From, from, from womanizing to righteousness, from stealing to, from drugs to, from poverty to, those, those are the testimonies. Uh, and so, it is like, those of you who have never had that background, you don't have a testimony. You do! You do! The day you see Jesus! So, so, so when, when he started asking the mother these questions and so on, we figured that we said, look, the guy is hungry for something. The guy wants to, to know something. He wants to see something. He, he's, 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 he's hearing his father preach about Jesus Christ. He's, he's grown in it, but he hasn't had the counter. So we began to pray for him. We began to pray. We said, God, reveal yourself to that young man. God, reveal yourself. One day, then... He called the mother. He said, Mommy, Mommy, I saw Jesus. Mommy, I saw Jesus. The, the, there's a Christian group in their, uh, uh, their school. And then they went for a retreat outside of Eno. And there God revealed himself. He said, he said Mommy, I had an encounter. Mommy, I had an encounter. Mommy, I saw Jesus. How do we know that he was speaking the truth? From that time, his prayer life changed. His attitude to God, his heart towards the things of God changed. He comes back for holidays and then I don't see him in, in the house on Fridays. Where has he gone? He's gone for all night. He has some friends in this church, they've been praying in the night. That's Papa who's sitting there today. I, I, I pray this, this Christmas season, week of the altar, the prayer, everything else, I, I just pray that you, you, you see Jesus Christ. You have an encounter. Because when you do have an encounter with God, everything of your changes. Your attitude, your life changes. Your, your affinity and affection for the things of God changes. You have no affinity for sin. You go crazy. The things which are difficult for you to do in church, it's not difficult anymore because this time you have seen Jesus has revealed himself. This brings me to Matthew chapter number one. And uh, that's the most difficult part and I'm going to take my time and then download the things there slowly for you because I want you to understand some things. Matthew chapter number one. Jesus Christ, he pre-existed. Before he existed. And he lives on. The Pharisees came to Jesus. Hey, small boy, come here. What is it that we are hearing? You are forgiving people's sins and, and you are challenging all the laws. The laws of Moses and the laws of Abraham. And, and, and so on. 
And then we hear you talking nonsense about this well. This well which Jacob died, which our fathers all drank from, and they have drunk and we are drinking, and you are saying that you are the living water, and that he who drinks you shall not be. What are you talking? He said, no, 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 people, you don't understand. The words that I'm speaking, I'm speaking not of myself, but I'm speaking of the spirit of God that lives in me. And by the way, what did you say, Abraham? Go and ask your father, Abraham. Before Abraham, I was. I am. I have always been. Your, your father Abraham met me and saw my days and he rejoiced. And you are here talking. I lived before today. My name is Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Your fathers longed to see me and they saw me in the glory. And then you, small boys, what, what are you talking about here? They said, they say, look at look, look at you. You are not even 30 years, and you are talking about Abraham. And around this time, between, between Abraham and the time Jesus Christ was talking, it's a cool 2,400 years. 2,400 years. Here is another history. Between Jacob and David is another 1,200 years. Another 1,200 years. Between David and the New Testament, when Christ was born, is another 1,200 years. How do you know this? It's very easy. Now, there's something called Bible history. And so, if you research and you read Bible history, you know that Bible has given the periods and the stages in which a lot of things happen. You can also pick uh, nuggets of them from the scriptures. For example, uh, you, you can tell the period between when uh, the period between Abraham and then the period of Moses is very simple because it's in the scriptures. God was telling Abraham, "Your descendants will be slaves in Egypt for four hundred years. After that, I will visit them with a mighty hand." So, if God spoke at the time of Abraham and God appeared at the time of Moses, then you can know that between Abraham and Moses is four hundred years. However, some historians are very specific in their numbers. They will tell you that and they were they were slaves in Egypt for four hundred and 30 years, or they were slaves in Egypt for 450 years. But, but for summation, and for the purpose of summary, uh, most historians would just say 400 years, 1,000 years, uh, 100 years, 50 years, etc., etc., etc. So it's very easy to calculate Bible dates by the events that occur and they happen. And so in Matthew chapter 1, shoot the scripture. Verse 1. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Stop there. Now, the book of genealogy means the tree of Jesus or the bloodline of Jesus or the family tree of Jesus. Every one of you, you have a family tree. Uh, we Africans are, are unable to, uh, to measure and to trace our family tree to our... The feathers we go with great-grandfather. But in a Western world like America, they can go great, 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 great grandfather, great, 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 great grandmother. By just picking your blood samples and they go in your DNA and they can tell where your genes are coming from. Whether you are an Indian descent or Chinese descent. Recently they have done it in America and Americans were shocked. Most of them in their fifth generations as Americans, they are Indians and some of them are Chinese. Some of them are Africans. 
So they are so advanced, they will be able to tell from your great, 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 that they can measure the family tree and they can tell why your ears are large like Papa. Can I hear somebody give me a big amen? So it can be traced. So the genealogy of Jesus, the tree of Jesus, the bloodline of Jesus, the source of Jesus, where he comes from. Now watch this one. Jesus, the son of God, the son of David, the son of Abraham, verse number two. Abraham begot Isaac, and then Isaac begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Judah. Now, Jacob was a twin, don't forget. But you realize that in this line, they left out his twin brother. But as we go on, we are going to see another set of twins. The set of twins, they didn't leave one. All their names were mentioned. So why did they cut out Esau's name? And Jacob begot Judah. And Judah his brothers. Now, why Judah his brothers? Because finally, God entered into a covenant with the brothers of Judah. They formed the nation Israel. But all of them, their names did not appear. It was only the one who received the anointing to carry the setter. The anointing to be the leader. Judah, the fourthborn. His name appears. Now, it mentions the name of Judah. The, the sons of Judah. After that, there was silence. There was no show. We never hear of them again until the fifth generation and the seventh generation. Why fifth and why seventh? Who are the occupants of the number five and the number seven? 2017, something will happen. Somebody said, I can smell my season coming. Somebody said, I can smell my season coming. Oh, come on, say it again. Say it again. I can smell my season. I can smell my promotion. Are you clapping or you are doing something like clapping? I sense promotion coming to one person. I don't want to mention that one person's name. But I want you to elect yourself and say, I am the one. Judah and his brothers, verse number three. Verse number three. Judah begot Perez and Zira. Now, that is the next set of twins. Perez and Zira are a set of twins by a woman called Tamar. Then Perez begot Hezron. Go and look for Hezron and see whether you find him. Hezron begot Ram. And the name almost went close to Ram. Probably he is supposed to be the Messiah. Ram. He's, he, he's supposed to be a type of, of, of Jesus. And I don't know what he did. But when a curse is following you, even your inheritance, they want to take you out of it. Today, I stop in the spirit. That wants to take you from your inheritance. Who is the one I am talking to? Clap your hands and scream at the devil and say, You are a liar. Scream at the devil and say, Devil, you are a liar. And I'm standing here. Only because you made a way. Oh, God will always make a way for me. He, he begot Ram. And then, continue, verse 4. And then Ram begot Aminadab. And then Aminadab also begot Nashon. And Nashon. See, I don't want my name to be mentioned in person. When they mention my name, history must be attached to my name. Who is this person that I am talking about? I lift you into the realms of an achiever. 
you will achieve and you make history. Oh, can you run into this miracle and shake off your body? And national be God Salmon. He married one of my favorite characters in scripture. Uh, this is Rahab. This is Rahab's husband. Verse number five. Salmon begat Boaz by Rahab. And, and that's one of my favorite characters. Boaz. And then Boaz begat Obed by Ruth. And Obed begat Jesse. Now, from Perez and Zira which are supposed to be Judah's children, one of them should have stepped in as the career of the authority. But something happened during their birth. Their father, Judah, for some reason didn't have children. The guy was drinking and by heart by heart. So, his wife died. Then, their sons married this woman called Tama for the sake of the young Christians. Those of you who are grown up, be patient for those who don't know. Judah's sons married Tama. They couldn't raise children because anytime they met Tama, and they had intercourse when the seed carrying the bloodline was coming, they would draw and then they would pour the seed on the ground. God said, Fool, do you know why I brought you into this line? And God will kill them. So Tama did not raise a child. And Tama then disguised herself as a prostitute. And went and stood by a place where Judah normally has been passing when Judah wants to go and look for a woman. And Judah the patriarch. Judah the lion of the tribe of Judah. Went and met Tamar. Went into her. Impregnated her. And came this set of twins. On the day of their birth, the nurse, midwife, saw one hand come and then used a red band to tie his hand. But in that house, Jacob, Abraham's house, when you are firstborn, there's a certain spirit that fights you. Oh, you won't succeed. That house, when you see Ishmael, ask him how he lost it. When you see Esau, ask him how he lost it to Jacob. When you see Zira, ask him how he lost it to Perez. And when you see Reuben, ask him how he lost it to Judah. There is something that fights you when you are first born in that house. 
And if you're firstborn over here, I want you to know that same fight and battle you are inside. Don't I don't want to lie to you. When you are firstborn, you 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 have to be more prayerful. When you are firstborn, you have to be an altar man, an altar woman. If you are a firstborn, you have to belong to a church that that prays a lot and shouts. So when you are firstborn, you must be a tighter holiness, righteousness. Battle ready. When you are firstborn, you go to church, you don't look at your time. That they are, they are staying too long. Oh, the other things which lastborns can get away with, please, not you. So when lastborns are fooling, firstborn, I beg, don't fool. Because you open the womb. And you are fighting for all your brothers and sisters. Are you a firstborn? So am I telling the truth or not? Oh, that's firstborns. Can I hear somebody give me a big amen here? Every battle that you are fighting, may the Lord take over the battle and fight for you. Clap your hands and shout in the name of Jesus. Clap your hands and say, Father, I turn over my battles. I will rest in your case. I will rest in the covenant. I am more than a conqueror. Clap your hands and shout yes. Oh, Jesus Christ. The guy was coming firstborn. Then the spirit in the house said, hey, 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 go back. Don't you know that here? The second ones are greater. Then his brother, Perez, came. So the next said, ah, you are not the person that I put the red band. How come? He said, I don't know. I pulled him back and I came. So the meaning of Perez is breakthrough, break forth. It means that the thing is not yours, but you break forth, patapa, and then you go and get it. Now, you know the meaning of Zira? His twin brother, who lost the position. His name is Arise to Origin. It means that no matter where they put you, Zira, if Esau did not appear in the line, as for you, you must appear. Clap your hands and say, they will never take my name out. I will appear in the genealogy. your hands and say amen any attempt to cancel your name will fail any attempt to change your destiny will fail any attempt to change the status quo will fail any attempt clap your hands and say they will fail no clap your hands and let me know you are alive shout it again let me know you are alive say amen the meaning of zero is arise to origin another name I found one who shines, they took his place, but he did not allow Perez to rest. And then I found out the third meaning of his name. The third meaning of his name is one who is loved by, by his parents, one whose parents adore him. So, this was what Perez was fighting. He had overtaken his brother. But remember, his brother came with the red band. The red band meaning the mark of the blood. 
So there was contention. There was a fight. There was a struggle. You want to take my place in the genealogy. You want to take my place in the family tree. But Perez, you lie. I, I will be there. My name will be there. My name will be there. My name will be there. And his name was there. So why did Esau's name not appear? Esau did not appear because Jacob dealt with the contention. Jacob saw that he was struggling too much. Everything he did was a struggle. Laban's a struggle. He married his wife. Struggle. Everything struggle, struggle. He was tired. Now at the brink of the Jordan. He was crossing over to go and meet his brother. And then he entered into a time of prayer. And a time of warfare. And then the angel of the Lord appeared. And then he held him and said, bless me. If you don't bless me, you will not go. This week of the altar, please. I want you to pray until there is no breath in you. Bless me, Lord. Change my situation. If, if you want to know the extent to which God can go in changing your situation, Jacob is the example. Then the angel said, Ah, but Jacob, you have worried me. What is your name? He said, your name, my name is Jacob. He said, ha, ah, that's why you are making a mistake. The name Jacob over your life is the name that is manipulating you. The name that makes you do all the wrong things. From today, I change your name and I change all the struggle. Your name shall be called Israel. You are a prince with God. You have fought with God and fought with men and you have prevailed. So I change your name. I change your situation. 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 I change your language. I change your language. I change your friends. I change your association. I change your work. I change your footsteps. I change. I change. I change. I change. Who is this person that I am talking to? Clap your hands and shout yes. Clap your hands and shout yes. Let the devil hear you again and shout yes. Yes. Clap your hands and say I sense a change coming. Ladies and gentlemen, it was this encounter that freed Jacob from Esau's pursuits and harassment. He broke the contention. He broke it. So when Esau woke up, he went to check his name was not in the line. Jacob had dealt with him in the spirit. Perez didn't do that. So what happens? From Perez, one, two, three, four generations passed. None of them could achieve anything. They just mentioned their names. Then the faith was Boaz. And the whole book, the book of Ruth, is to the honor of Boaz. How Boaz broke through and married this woman from Moab and brought Ruth into the family line of Jesus Christ and gave birth to Obed. And Obed gave birth to number seven, Jesse. When you see five and you see seven, and you see 17, you have to sense what is in the number 17. And get ready for 31st night. Same family. Same prophecy. Same people. Adam missed it. Adam just became passing. They just mentioned their name in passing. They didn't achieve nothing. And the same family and other people became achievers. Don't take things for granted. We can all be in this church. But not all of us will become presidents of Ghana. 
There is a president sitting here. There is a Bank of Ghana governor sitting here. There are only about 13 lawyers sitting here. There are only about seven medical doctors sitting here. We, we are all here, but not everybody will be married on the altar. Some will be married on the altar. Some will be married by appetizing. I don't know where you belong to and where you belong to. Tell somebody, I may not be at the top, but I'm coming. Tell somebody, I may not be at the top, but I'm coming. Oh, please, open your mouth and prophesy. Anytime I give you the chance to prophesy, I'm making you change your language. Tell somebody, I may not be there, but I will be there. Oh, yeah, tell yourself, I will be there. Tell yourself, I'll be there. Tell somebody, I will be there. Clap your hands and give me a big amen in the house. Can you clap your hands and give me a big shout of amen in the house? Oh, Jesus. So, Jesse was now sitting here somewhere, minding his business. Hadn't dreamt that a king would be born from his house. Never. Then God comes to prophet Samuel and said, I have found in the house of Jesse the next king after Saul. I want to break the silence. I want to break the spiritual atmosphere of no show. I want to continue my promise. Remember, Christmas is God's statement to finish unfinished assignment and to fulfill unfulfilled promises. And to bridge the gap of covenant that exists between man. Remember. And there has been a long gap of 1,200 years. Nothing was happening. God hasn't forgotten. You will give birth to a son. He will be great. He will sit on the throne of his father David. And he will rule in the house of his father Jacob. The spirit of the Lord will come upon you. So therefore, that which you give birth shall be called the son of the highest. God has not forgotten that he has an unfinished assignment. Unfulfilled promises. This Christmas, position yourself well. Please. Position yourself well. That the first night, pray. Until you see 12 midnight. Wake up the altar. Pray. Until you literally see an angel standing by you. So why Jesse? Three things are informed here. Number one, Jesse means I possess. Jesse, I possess. Now, see what the name did. He was a very wealthy landlord. He owns plenty of land. Don't forget, his grandfather is Boaz. So, that line is rich. His father is Boaz. Boaz was wealthy. So, Jesus was wealthy. You can't be born in the kingdom and be poor. It's not possible. It's not possible. And until, until I'm able to change something about you, I will not rest preaching. I will continue to scream and shout until every demon leaves your house. Number two, any 
Anytime you read about Jesse in the Bible, it talks about Jesse sacrificing, giving, sacrificing. Every time. The first mention of Jesse was when Samuel asked God, if King Saul hears that I am going to the house of Jesse, he will surely know that I'm going to anoint a king. He will kill me. And then God said, no. When he hears and they ask you what you are going to do in the house of Jesse, just say that you are going there for worship. Now, if people read that in scripture and they thought that God was teaching someone how to lie. No. Jesse's house was a house of sacrifice. He had an altar there. And sacrifices were always going on. Worship was always going on. And so God was simply just telling someone, when, when they ask you what you're going to do there, tell them, Jesse has invited you for one of the worship sacrifices and you are the guest speaker. True, not lies. The second mention of Jesse was when he was sending David to go and then provide for his brothers at the war front to give them bread. And you see that Jesse is a concerned man and a giver. He said, David, I, I, I'm, wor- I'm worried over your brothers. Take these loaves of bread and a bottle and a skin of wine and milk and go and give it to your brothers. So when you hear Jesse, Jesse is a giver. He's a giver. He's a giver. He's a giver. The third mention of Jesse in the Bible was when King Saul had asked him to officially release David to come and serve in his military. Again, when David was going, he sent bread, meat, gift, and said, when you go, go and give it to King Saul. The guy is going to serve King Saul, and then the man was still giving. Jesse is a giver. So you know why, when God was then searching for a house where to raise the next king, God was attracted to the house of Jesse. Because it's a house of giving. It's a house of sacrifice. It's a house of altar. It's a house of worship. It's a house... Second Samuel chapter 7, verse number 12. The, the, now prophecies are coming. Oh, there are some texts that I wanted to use during the course of the week for your prayers. Second Samuel 7, 12 to 13. Psalm 132, 10 to 12. Psalm 132, 10 to 12. Jeremiah 23, 5 to 6. Jeremiah 23, 5 to 6. Jeremiah 33, 15 to 17. Jeremiah 33. 15 to 17, Isaiah 22, 22, Isaiah 22, 22, Numbers 24, 17 to 19, Numbers 24, 17 to 19, Ezekiel 37, 24 to 25, Ezekiel 24, 37, 24 to 25, Revelations, Revelations 3, 7 to 8, Revelation 3, 7 to 8, Amos 9, 11 to 12, Amos 9, 11 to 12, please be very good Bible students because these prophecies are, are powerful and wherever you find them, mention your name there. If you have children, mention the names of your children all into these prophecies. I beg you, just do it for me. Do it for me. Do it for me, please, 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 please. If your children are yet unborn, mention their names and mention their names. You, you, you'll be pregnant. Second Samuel chapter 7. There's Second Samuel. Now, God comes to David. 
David had called the prophet Nathan and said, Nathan, God has blessed me. Look at the house that I'm living in. I have peace on my left, on my right. I've conquered all my enemies. And so I want to do something. I want to build a house for, for God. And then God said, wow, David, this thing that you have done, it's amazing. But you see, you will not build it. Just get the materials down and your servant Solomon. And then God asks, it says, when your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. Verse number 13. Verse number 13. Verse number 13. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. One of the, one of the surest way that you are sure God has blessed you is when God blesses you to the extent that the blessings begin to affect your children and your children's children to the third generation. And that's what I pray for you. Ladies and gentlemen, there's nothing that gives headache and causes you to go to your grave very early when the seed inside that of you which you have brought Turns against you in rebellion and hates you and that's evil. Amen. There, there, there's nothing. Mama, Mama Rita and I know a family. Three girls, one boy. They were raised properly. Oh, attend the best schools, ladies and gentlemen. When I say best schools, believe me. The only boy then turned to drugs. He was on drugs and the father had a heart attack and died. He sold everything of his mother's cloth, jewelries, everything. Then one day, everything has been sold. Nothing was left. So comes to the mother and says, Mommy, uh, give me some money. I want to buy food. The mother said, there's food in the kitchen. Go and serve yourself. No, 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 no. I don't like the food in the kitchen. I like the one outside. Liar. The mother said, I don't have any money to give you. I don't have any money to give you. You have stolen everything. This is a place. Everything is gone. I don't have any money to give you. Wealthy family. Rich. The boy said, ah, okay, I'm coming. He went. When he came, there was cutlasses in the sand. And said, Give me or you die. There was nobody at home. The mother quickly had to give the boy money. After that, the mother called the daughters who are abroad and said, if you people don't come and pick me here, this your brother will kill me like he killed your father. They came for the, uh, the woman. The woman is, uh, 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 is abroad right now. The boy sold the house and just ordered for drugs. Charlie, you are young. So when, when, when we are, David, when, when the Nathan gave him this prophecy and said, when your days are fulfilled, your days are fulfilled means you finish your assignment. You finish your work. You finish in grand style. You will not be a disgrace. You will not be a shame. You will finish. You finish well. When your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set your seat after you and you will sit on your throne and you will establish your kingdom. David fell down and said, who am I? Lord, what is my house that you be so good to me? Christmas is the season of unfinished assignment. Fulfillment of prophecies. What? Who am I? What is my house? The whole God. David was rolling on the floor. 
you don't know how it feels. You get there to be a preacher for 30 years, preaching on television, radio, university campuses, KNUST, Legon, Gambaga, Banalera Rugu, Bongo, Navrongo, preaching everywhere. And then your son is messing and fooling around. Hey! It's not good. I don't pray that for you. May it not happen to you. And as a son and as a daughter, don't do it to any father and don't do it to any mother. No matter how hurt you are, no matter what your parents have done, don't pay them back. Thank God you are born again. Thank God you have an encounter with Christ. Thank God you belong to a church that preaches full gospel word of God. It's okay. This is a new beginning. We are starting afresh. Forgive them. And let them die in their sins. Don't be bitter. The last one, Revelation chapter 3, verse number 6. Let me do 6, 7, and then 8. Revelation chapter 3, verse 6. Verse 7. And to the angel of the church of Philadelphia write, These things saith, Who is holy? He who is true. He who has the key of David, the key of David, the key of David. He will sit on the throne of his father David and rule in the house of his father Jacob. God has an unfinished work. He who opens and no one shuts and he shuts and no one opens. Verse number 8. I know your work. See, I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it for you have a little strength and I've kept my word and I've not denied my name. I've set an open door before you, 2017. I've set an open door. This door can be opened by a certain secret, by a certain authority. The key of David can open. The key of David can shut the door. You can shut the door and say, no devil comes in and you can open the door and say, all demons leave. But the key of David, the secret of David, the covenant of David, the worship of David, the name of David, the connection of David, the connection of David, the connection between David and Christ. In Christ Jesus, God was fulfilling an unfinished assignment. Bridging the gap. Settling the confusion between Perez and Zerah. Cleaning the slate clean, making the slate clean. So that the period of the years where God's glory could not be shown and God be seen, there will be a restoration and a revival. Uh, and Bartimaeus teaches me a wonderful revelation. He heard everybody crying and shouting and say, what is happening? And then they told him, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He said, no, you make a mistake. He's not Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Jesus, son of David. 
Jesus, the seed of David. Jesus, the continuity of the throne of David. Jesus, the key of David. Jesus, the one who opens the door. Jesus, the one. Jesus, son of David. Jesus, the, the, the pre-existent name, the one who pre-existed before. Then he stopped. And then Jesus said, who called me? And come and see the two no disciples. Oh, Jesus, don't mind him. He didn't, he didn't call you properly. He doesn't know that you are Jesus Christ of Nazareth, son of God. Look at that guy connecting you to David. Ah, Walampo. Jesus, Jesus said, you guys, you don't know. The guy has gone to my pre-existence. He has gone to my yesterday. You people know me only of today. Guy. If you forget everything that I have taught today, here is the one you should not forget. That anything that is born of God is great. And anything that is connected to covenant survives. And anything that is born of God becomes another Christ, another Jesus. I was that type of Jesus to my mother and to my family and to royal house. If I had not been obedient to the voice of God to start this work, some of you, your schooling will have been cut short. Some of you, you not have your husbands and your wives. Some of you, your parents wouldn't have brought you here. You are carrying something inside of you. That thing is greatness. Dream it. Confess it. Say it always. Work hard it. Work hard towards it. Work towards it. Read anything you have to read. Search anything you have to search. Change the people you work with if they are not inspiring you. Stop running away from successful people in the church. Some of you, I keep warning you, stop running away from successful people. God made them go ahead for you to know where he's taking you. Can I say that again? God took them ahead for you to know where he's taking you. Some of you are so foolish that the fact that you were classmates with some of them in Sunday school and today they have gone to school and they have graduated and you are not able to graduate. When you see them in church, you start running away from them. Don't be foolish. You are an eagle inside. But if you walk with chickens, you cannot fly. I have one of the businessmen in the church and he tells me how he, he broke through. It's amazing. He said he was a small boy to some of the gurus in town. The gurus in town, the business guy, the top guys. And he says, he will go. They'll be sending him. He'll be going to buy Kenke. He'll be buying Fufu. They'll be sending him. He knows how to drive. So they'll give him his car. Then you go and fill his car. Then he'll come. He'll see money in their car. He will not touch the money. He was sending him. Then he was listening to their conversation. He was listening to their conversation. How they made it. How they made it. How they made it. He said he got one chance. Pep. He had learned so much that he never missed that opportunity. Today, he has become their co-equals.
I told you when I was at University of Ghana that this big man, successful man, a young chief executive was coming to give a talk and to show us how to break through. We ran to go and queue. And I, I got there late. When I got there, I saw his car. I said, eh. So I went and stood there. He was far away from me. I was looking at the man like that. These people. Today, I play golf with him. set an open door before you. But there is a certain key that you must have. There's a certain key. Jesus, we enthrone you. We proclaim you are king. Standing here. Standing here. In the midst, when, when you know Jesus, you have encountered. When you have Him, you are complete. You are complete. If you understand who Jesus was, who He is, and who He will be forever, don't give up on your salvation. Don't backslide. Don't let anybody convince you. Jesus is Lord. He is born today. Merry Christmas. May 2017 be your year of success. You succeed in that academic life. You quick. You succeed. You will go to the highest. That marriage will succeed. Your children will prosper. Come on, lift up your voice. And as we and prayer that this message will have an effect on your life and will lift you to the place where you belong. Royal House Chapel International touching our generation with the power of God. God richly bless you.